Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. So those white nationalists have amazing recruiters. That's right. They are the best. But before we get started, how about you smash that like button, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and please leave a comment down below. From New York Daily News, a 68-year-old man was punched in the face by this stranger while riding the number one train in Tribeca Friday. You mother effing Asian, he's in critical condition. A man who helped. If I saw this happen again, I would do the right thing. No, you wouldn't. And there's a couple of reasons why you wouldn't. Because the first time around, you didn't do the right thing. So there's precedent. The second time around, you'll probably freeze again. And also... If you have somebody willing to beat grandpa within an inch of his life, you don't know if they have a knife, if they have a gun, if they have brass knuckles, if they have some sort of weapon on them that could literally kill you. So sometimes it's better to ensure that he doesn't die than it is to confront the person assaulting him, especially in New York. If this was a place like Texas, you could just smoke the dude and then just have the just basically have your day in court within with a jury of 12 peers and basically play the play the criminal justice casino at that point just knowing that you did the right thing but you cannot do that in New York because they would just throw you in jail but the reason why i i why i asserted that the white nationalists have the best recruiters is because this is a 30 something year old black man who beat this asian man within an inch of his life if the white nationalists can recruit young, fit black men into their organization to commit acts of violence against Asians, then the world as we know it is going to end soon under the reign of terror of white nationalism. Of course, I'm saying that as a joke from Tim Poole. Stop Asian hate from Jack Posobiec. Last month, Yahoo News, Alex uh, something, was joking around about Asian journalist Mr. Andy No being hospitalized in an attack. The LA Times printed it along with his justification of the use of violence. No was punched and kicked as well. He claims to have suffered a cerebral hemorrhage. The violence was obviously criminal. What goes unmentioned is that No has a history of embedding with right-wing groups. So basically, he's victim-blaming, guys. He's basically saying Andy No shouldn't have been hanging around with those people. Andy No shouldn't have been wearing what he was wearing. He wouldn't be the victim if he wasn't wearing what he was wearing. If he wasn't documenting what he was documenting, he wouldn't be a victim, guys. This is bananas. In Unmasked, he eagerly dons the martyr's vestments, describing the attack with such self-serving detail, you'd think he'd been liberating Rome. What a douchebag. And this was just last month when it was okay to bash on Asians because they were still vessels of white supremacy. And I'll explain that here in a second. But what I'm so confused about is just like Candace Owens and Thomas Sowell, um, these black conservatives, when you have Asian conservatives, they get attacked by these social justice warriors because they're seen as embracing whiteness. And I'll explain that here in a second because they basically explain it themselves. And not only that, it's so disingenuous. You can't just be a victim because you're a Democrat. Democrats shouldn't inherently be a victim. If you're a victim and or basically if you vote Democrat, hold on, let me back up. If the only way for you to be a victim is to be a Democrat, then maybe you shouldn't be a Democrat. That way you're not a victim, right? 
you think that would make sense? Why would you choose to be a victim? Wouldn't you choose to not be a victim? So I don't understand. And that's why when they want to expand the votes and all this stuff and you have conservatives say, no, maybe it should be a little more difficult to vote. They're not saying that there should be like poll tests or a poll tax. They're saying, hey, just fill out some paperwork. What's so hard about that? If it's too difficult, if it's if it's you're too much of a victim to fill out a sheet of paper, then maybe you have no reason to be voting because obviously you there's something wrong with you. Maybe you don't have the mental capacity to be voting. Hot take. I understand. But think about this. If you're incapable of filling out the documents to vote, what makes people think that you have the understanding of who you're voting for, what policies you're voting for. It's, it's BS. If you're, just, if you're just pandering to the lowest common denominator, like the dom- Democrats are, then you're just going to basically dumb down the country. That's why these education systems in these blue cities are as horrible as they are. From Wesley Yang, back in 97, a book called Beyond All the Reason, The Radical Assault on Truth in American Law argued that the radical multiculturalism emerges emerging within the critical race theory and allied movements logically committed its bears to anti-Semitic and anti-Asian animus. In 2019, at a diversity training workshop sponsored and paid for by the NYC Department of Education, presenters told a class that Asians were on the upper rungs enough in proximity to white privilege to benefit from white supremacy. According to this article in Ford, a string of attacks targeting Jews in Brooklyn may be aimed at their hyper-whiteness. That's right, folks. Jews are pegged as representatives of Jeff. Gentrification because in many poor Brooklyn neighborhoods, they are, as Avi Leshes, a director director of economic development at Brooklyn Chamber of Commerce, he pointed out to hotly contested development projects like the one in the Broadway Triangle in East Williamsburg from a Hasidic-owned company. And while the attacks are targeting Jews, it may be because black people identify Judaism as a form of almost hyper-whiteness. That's bananas. On so okay, go ahead and rationalize away hate crimes. Go ahead and rationalize away racism because that's what it is. If you have a black so a black person attacking a Jewish person for being a Jewish person is no different than a white person attacking a Jewish person for being a Jewish person. There is no difference whatsoever. It is both a hate crime. But of course, Democrats don't want to basically push that narrative. They want you to think of the black person as the victim because, of course, they're being repressed by the whiteness of the Jew. They sound like Nazis when they say it. That the Jews are secretly colluding to destroy the black community. That sounds an awfully like the Klan. Sounds an awful lot like the Nazis, that the, that the Jews in the background are secretly colluding to destroy the world economy and destroy these communities so they can make money. The Democrats are so anti-Semitic. They are so anti, basically, self-governance, self, basically, uh, self, um, drawing a blank here, guys, and I apologize, but, uh, pfft. 
I apologize. Uh, it's an open secret throughout Silicon Valley that companies seeking to diversify their workforces have resorted to moratoriums on white and Asian male hires. This has led to lawsuits against Google and internal dissension within Microsoft. It's so interesting to look back 20 years and see what the thinkers of that time saw latent in the then novel doctrines emerging from legal academia and to compare it against what has since occurred. The authors discussed the foundational CRT text, Derek Bell's Space Traders, Speculative Fiction, in which the Jews are portrayed as having an interest interest in preserving the black presence in America as a shield against Gentile rage. So just remember, self-reliance is a sin. That's what I was going to say. Self-reliance is a sin in the eyes of Democrats. If you are self-reliant, then you are an embodiment of white supremacy and you are the enemy. And if you are black, if you're Asian, if you're Jewish, then you are the enemy. You embody whiteness and you will be burned down. And that's bananas. If that, I don't understand how that's not seen as racist. But according to Democrats, it's not. Because if you are attacking someone who's exhibiting signs of whiteness or, or basically acting in ways of white supremacy and you are attacking them, then you are just attacking whiteness. You are attacking white supremacy. You are not attacking an Asian person. You are attacking the white supremacy that they embody Therefore, it's not a hate crime. Those mental gymnastics are sociopathic level, Olympic level mental gymnastics, and it's bananas. James Lindsay, top expert in sexiness. Man, did we ever call it with this meme last summer? White people are born with certain privileges and traits which give them immutable advantages over other races. No one must ever forget the inherent advantages of the white race. This belief must be taught in and accepted by every town, institution, and person in America. And who said this? Well, Robin D'Angelo from White Fragility, of course, and the KKK. So people on the right have been saying that this critical race theory bull BS it's just repackaged. It's just a more sexy version of the KKK. It's a left-wing ver- Well, the KKK was a left-wing version of the KKK, but it is now just mainstream, tolerated, Democrat racism. That's why you have segregated graduations. That's why you have white-only institutions. That's why you have white-only cafes. That's why you have non-POC events. That's why you have whatever. And it's extremely segregated. They see that as progress. I see that as regressive. Progress would be what Martin Luther King saw, where people, where my daughter, where my kids are seen by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin. When I see you and I see you as a human piece of garbage, Robin D'Angelo, it's not because you're a white woman. It's because you are a piece of garbage and you're a racist. You admit that you're a racist. You admit that you grab your purse whenever you see a group of black people that was in your book and that you felt anxious at the thought of having to be around a group of black people. That's something a racist would feel. Yet she's celebrated as some sort of anti-racist. 
So claiming that you're anti-racist while being racist doesn't make you not racist. It just means that you are going to call everybody else a racist so you feel better about you yourself being a racist. That's what being an anti-racist is. And if you're too dumb to figure that out, maybe you should sit down and figure out why exactly you're an anti-racist. All I'm really going to say about that right now, guys. From Jack Posobiec. The Pentagon is freaking out because the extremism standdowns are backfiring and the troops keep asking about BLM riots and Antifa. Ross Cameron, U.S. military leaders say American troops are confused and very emotional, uneducated, don't understand. Portland riots are good. Capital riots are extremists. American allies say, you are not filling us with confidence. We prefer American troops to U.S. military leaders. So, some troops have drawn equivalencies between the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol and last year's protest for racial justice during recent standdowns to address extremism, wearing military's top enlisted leader. In a Thursday briefing with reporters at the Pentagon, Ramon C.Z. Colon Lopez, the senior enlisted advisor to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, said that some troops have asked when the January 6th riot is brought up. How come you're not looking at the situation that was going on in Seattle prior to that? He said that is one example of the mindset of many, many military leaders are encountering, and he is concerned about the way that some people are looking at the current environment. Colon Lopez said that the confusion some younger troops have expressed shows why they are why training sessions on extremism are needed. So basically, they are now indoctrinating troops. They are now purity testing troops. So first, it's going to be, hey, we need these sessions on extremism. And then it's going to be, if you don't conform, you're going to be kicked out. It's going to happen in the next year or so. I already, I already bet that within the first 100 days, they're going to invoke the 25th, uh, 25th Amendment on Joe Biden. I think within the first year or two that they're going to start kicking people out of the military who basically refuse to bend the knee for this whole anti-racism BS, this whole extremist BS, because there's no evidence that extremism is playing a part in the military. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin ordered the stand down February 5th and gave units across the military 60 days to discuss extremism in the ranks with troops. The military's policies are clear. He said troops are not to advocate for or participate in supremacist, extremist or criminal criminal gang doctrine, ideology or causes. The military remains an apolitical organization, Cologne Lopez said, and it doesn't matter if an extremist group is far right or far left, both are off limits. Well, you're, oh, here, the next one. If it's an organization that is actually imposing harm, threat, destruction, criminal activity, and so on, then we don't condone that behavior. We're focusing on letting people know exactly what the oath tells us to do when it comes to obeying lawful orders, remaining apolitical, and basically being good stewards of the society. But as the training sessions took place, some themes emerged that worried leaders. Those conducting the sessions wanted to make sure that the military members understand the difference between Seattle and the January 6th riot in D.C. But some of our younger members are confused about this. No, they're not confused. So that's what we need to go ahead and talk to them about and educate them on to make sure that they know exactly what they can and cannot do. So it's okay, I guess, for people in the military to capture City blocks in Seattle and shoot people and murder them in cold blood in the streets. 
That is fine to basically have an armed occupation of sovereign U.S. territory in a major U.S. city. That is A-OK. But to go to a speech of the sitting president of the United States that is seen as extremism and not to be tolerated. Wrap your head around that sort of hypocrisy. To say the military is apolitical at this point is to say you are peeing on me and I say it's raining. This sort of doublespeak is going to break the country. We are about to fight a war with China. Iran is threatening terror attacks inside the United States of America. And we are dealing with this BS. We are wasting our time on this. And even when we are wasting our time on this, you are not even being honest about it. You are horrible leaders. And he drew a distinction between those who lawfully exercised their First Amendment rights to protest during last summer's protest in support of racial justice and the Black Lives Matter movement and those who latched on to the protest to loot, destroy property, and commit other crimes. But sometimes, he said, younger troops see messages on TV that blur the lines between the two, and we needed to educate them on the difference. No, that's not what we meant. There were people advocating against social justice, racial injustice, and everything else, and is, and it is the right of the citizens. So it's just, they're brainwashing troops. They're trying to brainwash the incoming wave of troops to be social justice warriors. And we can't have a military of pussies. We can't. It's not possible. There's a reason why China is trying to create a hyper-masculine military. They're trying to defeminize men. Because they know in order to basically put their boots on the neck of the rest of the world, they need a masculine military. They don't need a woke military. They don't need a feminine military. They don't need a trans-inclusive military. They need a military that will go and destroy things. They need a military that will go and break things. They won't need a military that will go and kill people because that's what they do. And unfortunately, men seem to be experts at killing people. So allow men to be men. Allow men in the military to be manly and do their damn jobs. Their jobs are not to make you feel good about yourself. They're not to make you feel inclusive. The only time a soldier's job is to make you feel inclusive is to make you feel inclusive within that team. But if you're on the other side of that rifle... You, the only thing you're going to feel inclusive with is with that damn bullet as it enters your body. That's the only inclusive act that soldiers take part in, in combat. Just social justice that is just, it's just cancer. This critical race theory, this social justice warrior stuff is just a cancer on our society. And you see China taking advantage of it. They grandstand and embarrass our country in our country. And guess what? We can't do anything about it because our president spits in the face of our country. He spits on the grave of our troops. He spits. He just spits on our flag. He spits on our constitution. He spits on our laws. 
He spits on our values. He doesn't care about this country. He thinks our country is inherently bad. How is that supposed to be our leader? I don't understand. So that's going to be it for now, folks. I'm going to be posting up one more video here in a few hours. Until then, I'll see you all later. Have a good one. Bye. Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. So there is a continued crisis at the border, and it's worse than we were told. This weekend has exposed a lot of corruption, has exposed a lot of censorship, and exposed a lot of criminality going on at the border. But before we get started, how about you smash that like button, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and please leave a comment down below. It really helps with the algorithm. Let's get started. From Sarah Gonzalez, he ain't wrong. And who ain't wrong? Donald Trump ain't wrong. So March 21st, 2021, one of his email tweets, because that's all he can really send out now. We proudly handed the Biden administration the most secure border in history. All they had to do was keep this smooth running system on autopilot. Instead, in the span of just a few weeks, the Biden administration has turned a national triumph into a national disaster. They are in a way, or excuse me, they are in way over their heads and taking on water fast. And he's not wrong, folks. They are in way over their heads and they're taking in water faster than they can scoop it out of the boat. You have so many people pouring across the border that Border Patrol are just basically letting people into the United States without giving them a court date. That's bananas. All they're doing is, okay, we're going to take your biographic information. We're going to basically scan you into the system and we're releasing you into the United States. What the hell is going on when my wife, my wife, I, we had a visa for her and DHS messed up and she had to stay in Mexico for 10 months while we sorted that out. They didn't get, we didn't get to release her back into the United States. No, we had to keep her in Mexico for 10 months as we worked that out. My daughter got real good at Spanish real fast. And this is bananas what Joe Biden is doing. He is breaking the law. He is breaking his oath of office. He's no longer protecting the citizens of the United States of America. He's no longer protecting the Constitution of the United States of America. He's allowing COVID-positive individuals into the United States. He's filling up these facilities so much that they just have to release people into the United States. And now he wants to, what, grant them amnesty? Go screw yourself, dude. What do you think is going to happen? You pause deportations for 100 days? Well, what do you, you think people are going to stop illegally crossing the border? No, they're going to come and say, oh, well, I'm not going to be deported, so... Why am I not going to come during the first three months if I'm not going to be deported during the first three months? Joe Biden and the Democrats are stupid. They bought into the grift and now they have now they have to pay the consequences. They keep trying to point the finger at Trump and like Trump clearly pointed out, hey, look, we have the most secure border in history. We followed the rules. And by following the rules, we created a smooth running system. Yes, it was not ideal because it wasn't as fair as some people wanted to be. But 
guess what? Life isn't always fair. And sometimes you have to take a hard-nosed stance in order to keep your country safe, in order to protect your country. You have borders. And what did Joe Biden do just to give Donald Trump the finger? He repealed all those executive actions. And now we have 700% capacity in these child facilities. We have so many people crossing the border that there's not enough space for them. So now they're having to grant million-dollar contracts to hotels. They're having to just release people into the U.S. interior without giving them coronavirus tests. I thought COVID was serious. It's bananas on so many levels. From Ryan Savadera, what is Biden hiding? This would be a full-blown scandal if it happened under a Republican president. DHS denies press access to Mayorkas tour of southern border facilities. Remember when Donald Trump would go up to CNN and say, you guys are fake news, and they said that was an attack on the press? Right now, you have members of the press literally having to go to Mexico and take pictures on the U.S., basically from Mexico into the U.S. because DHS, the Border Patrol, won't allow them to take pictures of them basically releasing these illegal immigrants into the United States. Because a lot of this happens on federal land, so they're not letting journalists onto federal land. That is a violation of the First Amendment. And I challenge, I challenge these people sucking the knob of Joe Biden and the Democrats, you know, CNN, NBC, um, CBS, all these news organizations, quote unquote, who pretend to care about news only when there's a Republican in office to challenge Joe Biden on this. Take him to court and say he's violating your First Amendment right. The freedom of the press shall not be infringed. So don't sit there and bend over and allow him to anal swab you. Do your damn job. You shouldn't have to go to Mexico to take pictures of America. Doesn't make a lot of sense. From Steve Guest, ABC's Martha Raddatz, two illegal alien who crossed the border. Would you have tried to do this when Donald Trump was president? Illegal alien, definitely not. Raddatz, did you come here because Joe Biden was elected president? Illegal, basically. So what does that say? They understood that Donald Trump was following the rules, so it was not in their best interest to come because they would probably just get turned back while Donald Trump was president. But now that Joe Biden, to basically give Donald Trump the finger, repealed all those rules, now it's fair game for illegal immigrants to come to the United States because there's no penalty for breaking the law anymore. We're living in the Wild West, folks. It's not even the Wild West. It's like pre-Wild West. When are we going to talk about the – oh, my goodness. I, I wanted to talk about some critical race theory stuff, but I might get in trouble for that. Let's jump over to Stephen Miller to illustrate just how thoroughly Biden has wrecked the border. Consider, on a typical day in November 2020, there were fewer than 800 illegal migrants in Border Patrol custody. Now there are more than 10,000, an increase of well over 1,000 percent percent. He said percent twice. 
<laughs> uh, Stephen Miller again. Yet numbers alone don't tell the full story. Under MPP, Safe Thirds, Asylum Regs, and Title 42, illegal migrants could all be promptly returned home. The reason for overcrowding is because Biden Mayorkas canceled the authorities needed for reparation. Hence, catch and release. Finally, let's be clear about one more thing. Trump saved the asylum system. Biden dismantled it by inviting mass illegal migration under the false banner of asylum. Uh, Mayorkas has taken taken a sledgehammer to the asylum system and displaced actual victims of government persecutions. And he's not wrong. By basically giving an incentive for people to claim that they're asylum seekers, they're basically watering down the claims of actual asylum seekers because everybody is seeking asylum. And you have crazy people like AOC and Nancy Pelosi saying, oh, it's environmental asylum. It's economic asylum. No, it should be asylum for people wanting to chop off your head because of your religion, wanting to chop off your head because of your family, wanting to chop off your head because of your skin color, wanting to chop off basically wanting to kill you, basically wanting to threaten you because of something that you have no control over. But environmental asylum isn't really a thing. Economic asylum isn't really a thing. Sorry, we have legal processes for immigration. Jumping over to Jack Posobiec. And these are the photos leaked out by Henry Cuellar. He managed to sneak into these facilities, or basically he managed to go into these facilities where they're not allowing press. And he took photos and he released these photos. So this is from March 22nd, 2021. And you see a bunch of kids sitting on benches, a bunch of kids wrapped in tinfoil, basically stacked on top of each other. That kid is laying down directly on concrete. And... It's not looking good. Sure, there's not metal people who are like, that's not a cage because they're in a plastic bubble. But when you have a cage, there's nothing saying that a cage has to be made from metal. A cage, you can have a plastic cage. I put my dog in a plastic crate. There are metal crates and there are plastic crates. So I don't really understand where people think they're trying to get, oh, yeah, dude, I got one up on Jack Posobiec because that's not a cage because it's a plastic bubble. No. Well, if you're trying to rationalize what's going on with these kids, you are probably an evil sack of shit. Let's jump over to Uncle Hotep. Who built the motel cages, Joe? So in case you didn't know, the Joe Biden administration approved an $86 million contract allowing for hotels to be used to house these illegal immigrants from Texas, Texas, Arizona, California, basically these border states, which is bananas. So from Angela Staten King, 86 million on hotel rooms for illegal immigration or illegal immigrants while black Americans are still begging for reparations. And while I disagree with reparations, I've done a video on that. Um, I understand where she's coming from. Everybody who bought into Joe Biden's line, hook, line and sinker, they own this. They they deserve what they're getting right now because they supported somebody who all he's done in his political career is lie. All he's done in his political career is cage black and brown kids. It's important to note when you go, hey, you have somebody who who lies in a grandiose sort of way, in a New York businessman sort of way, in a New York real estate sort of way, basically saying everything I do is awesome. When I touch my toilet, my toilet turned to gold. Of course, he's exaggerating. Of course, he's lying. But people want to fact check that. But when Joe Biden literally lies about taking sniper fire, 
or no, excuse me, coming under enemy fire while in Iraq, nobody fact checks them. They go, oh, well, you know, he could have thought he was under enemy fire three miles away. That's enemy fire, right? Yeah, guys. No, there was there happened to be some sort of gunfire, but it was not enemy fire or not directed at him. Because when you have combat happening that far away, it's really hard to tell if that's friendly or enemy fire that's going on. So it's just shenanigans on so many levels. And people are surprised by this sort of dishonesty, by this sort of being screwed over by a Joe Biden administration. And don't get me started on Kamala Harris, who basically will suppress evidence to keep black people in jail longer than they're supposed to. You have two corrupt politicians as your president and vice president. You have a corrupt politician and a corrupt pig as as your president and vice president. What do you think was going to happen, guys? Come on. It's not that hard. From Marina Medvin. Equity. Hotel rooms are being handed out to illegal aliens at the expense of American tax dollars. Yet our military is forced to sleep in parking garages and open halls. And look at all these National Guard members sleeping on top of each other in the halls of Congress, basically being fed raw chicken and rice with metal shavings in it. I'm sure the illegal immigrants at the border aren't being fed this when they are being fed because I... It was reported that they're not being fed as often as they should be. When they are being fed, I'm pretty sure they're probably being fed better better food than raw chicken. So remember, the Biden administration will treat illegal immigrants better than he treats the military. How do you think that's going to affect troop morale? How do you think that's going to affect retention? How do you think that's going to affect or excuse me, how do you think that's going to affect enlistment? If you have people wanting to enlist, and you see a lot of this when it comes to conservative talk shows. Basically, they'll send in their questions and basically say, hey, I'm graduating college. I was supposed to or basically my goal was to join the army as a X, Y or Z. And now I don't know if I want to because the army is getting woke. The Navy is getting woke. That is concerning when you have people not wanting to join the military, especially conservatives who overwhelmingly represent the military at like a rate of 85%. They don't want to join the military because the 15% is so loud that they basically browbeat them. They shove the critical race theory down their throats so violently that they don't want any part in that system because it's just a toxic command structure. And finally, jumping over to Axios, just in Rio Grande Valley Border Patrol releasing migrants without court date. That's right, folks. Joe Biden is no longer just caging brown people. He's just releasing them willy-nilly into the United States without COVID testing. All he's doing is, hey, we're going to take down your name and information and we'll see you when we see you. It's up to you to schedule a court date. It's not their job. It's not the federal government's job to schedule a federal court date. Apparently, it's now up to the illegal immigrant to schedule a court date. This is Joe Biden's America. And it's criminal. 
Border Patrol agents in the Texas Rio Grande Valley sector used their own discretion to release about 150 migrants Saturday evening without giving them a court date. Axios has learned why it matters. They use a prosecutorial discretion by Border Patrol to release migrants without a notice to appear in court is unprecedented, according to multiple sources, and is yet another sign of how overwhelmed parts of the border are becoming. The Rio Grande Valley sector had roughly 5,100 migrants in custody as of Sunday, Rep. Henry Cuellar told Axios. They were supposedly or they were supposed to keep the number of migrants in their custody to about 700 because of COVID-19 pandemic. So they're at 700% capacity. Guidance sent to the Border Patrol in the sector on Saturday from agency leadership told Border Patrol agents they can decide to release some migrants, often at bus stations or non-governmental organizations, without a notice to appear in court, according to a source familiar with the correspondence. Migrant facilities and adults are usually first referred to Immigration and Customs Enforcement to determine if and where migrants will be detained. Agents are still using an emergency public health order to quickly expel migrant adults and some families, but the guidance gives them more leeway in deciding what to do on a case-by-case basis, according to the source. The guidance also says COVID-19 testing should be administered whenever possible. The government has largely relied on local agencies and non-governmental organizations to provide testing for migrant families and adults. Fox News first reported on the move, citing multiple Border Patrol agents. What they're saying, in some cases, families are placed in removal proceedings, or excuse me, placed in removal proceedings further along in the release process rather than while they're at the Border Patrol station. All families, however, are screened at the Border Border Patrol station, including the collection of biographical and biometric information and criminal and national security records checks. So as as at least they're doing that, as at least they're making sure that they are not basically terrorists because they have caught four so far this year. They have caught four people on the terrorist watch list so far this year. So at least they're still making sure that they're not importing terrorists directly into the United States, especially since Iran was talking about having a USS Cole-style attack in Washington, D.C. I'm going to be covering that in a different video later today. But they're just releasing people into the United States after just, okay, we're just going to scan into the system. Uh, Just call this number whenever you have a chance and you'll schedule a court date. How does that seem fair? How does that seem equitable to the black and people of color in the United States? who want equity because you're treating illegal immigrants better than you're treating your own citizens. We have a homeless crisis in the United States right now due to COVID-19. A lot of people lost their job, yet you're spending $58 million on, or was it $86 million or $58 million? Hold on. I don't want to lie to you. $86 million on hotel rooms. That $86 million could be spent on hotel rooms for homeless Americans, and we can keep kicking out illegal immigrants because we have a border. It's the right thing to do. So that's going to be it for today, folks. Don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and leave a comment down below. Uh, I try to take part in conversations as, as much as I can. So I'll see you all in a couple hours. Have a good one. See you in a bit. Bye. Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. So walls for me, but not for thee. But 
before we get started, how about you smash that like button, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and please leave a comment down below. It helps with the algorithm. Let's get started. From BBC News, President Biden cancels funding for Trump border wall. CNN Politics, congressional leaders discussing a $2 billion package for new capital fencing and security personnel. So just remember, it's not a good idea to waste money at the border because it's not like we're catching terrorists there after we've caught four so far. Uh, but we're going to waste money on building a wall at the Capitol, even though there's no threat outside of CNN paid for domestic terrorists. So perhaps we should reassess our priorities. Perhaps we should focus on what's actually going on geopolitically because we're under threats of terrorist attack from Iran. Iran has basically threatened us with USS Coal-style attacks, and I'll cover that here in a second. From Jack Posobiec, Capitol Police to remove fencing emitting no credible threat against Congress. So what I think happened here, to be honest, I think Congress wanted to see what they can get away with. I want, I believe Capitol Police wanted to see what they can get away with because think about it. Just stick with me here for a second. It's kind of going along the lines with COVID-19, the conspiracy theories revolving around COVID-19, where you have this virus that comes out and you're told not to wear a mask. Dr. Fauci comes out and says, don't wear a mask. So people say, don't wear a mask. And if you wear a mask, you're a crazy person. And then you see a bunch of right-wingers go, no, we've seen this before. We're going to get masks because we've seen this before. We've seen this movie. And they're called conspiracy theorists. Then fast forward a month, Dr. Fauci says, well, I lied. We wanted to make sure that we had enough PPE for people in hospitals. So you need to wear masks now. And then right-wingers get fairly upset for ha from having been lied to. Now they know that you're willing to lie about public health. Then you have left-wingers pretend like he never lied to begin with. So that's why you have people like me say Democrats are low information voters. They only can remember what they were last told by CNN. And then they say, well, two masks. Well, there's no evidence for two masks. And then they say, well, now there's finally evidence to wear. Now wear two masks. Um, don't take that vaccine because Trump will cut corners. It will be unsafe. We need to independently verify that it is a safe vaccine. That's what Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, uh, Andrew Cuomo, Gavin Newsom, all these high profile Democrats were all saying this vaccine would not be safe. So what happens? Joe Biden wins the election. The vaccine comes out and everybody has to take the vaccine now. But I'm old enough to remember when you told me that it wasn't going to uh, shut up. It doesn't matter. Are you an anti-vaxxer? No, you have to take the vaccine. Well, you told me, what? shut up. I told you to take the vaccine. The gaslighting of the low information voter is criminal, in my opinion. And then they say, well, you have to take the vaccine. And they're like, all right, great, Mr. Biden. I just had my vaccine. So can I take off my mask? No, you can't take off your mask. Can I go see my family? No, you can't see your family. Can I go travel? No, you can't go travel. Can I stop social distancing? No, you can't stop social distancing. Can I go to the bar? No, you can't go to the bar. So why am I taking a vaccine? Right? It doesn't. So they're seeing what they can get away with. They're seeing how much the American people will take before they snap. 
just like Congress is seeing how much the American people will take as a show of force from the Capitol before they snap, before they say, that's fascism, that's authoritarianism, that's a militarized state, that is not what democracy looks like, that's what totalitarianism looks like. Because if you have to defend your capital with an army because the people are so unhappy with you, then perhaps you were not democratically elected because you are corrupt. There's plenty of corruption going on in Washington, D.C. You need look no farther than Eric Swalwell having sexual relations with a Chinese spy and the Democrats saying, no, he can remain on the House Intel Committee. And you have Republicans saying, you're kicking off people for spreading conspiracy theories and apologizing for it. Yet you have a guy who had relations with a Chinese spy who showed such poor judgment that he fell into the honeypot and you want to have him or allow him access to the most sensitive information that the United States has to offer? Do you not see a double standard there? And not only that, if you're willing to look the other way when it comes to that, what else are you willing to look the other way on? That's what concerns me personally, because my wife is from Mexico. When I renewed my security clearance, it was a pain in the butt because she's a foreign national. How is this guy able to have relations with a Chinese spy? Not just a relationship with someone from China, but a Chinese spy. Her job was to spy on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party. And he can still maintain a security clearance. He can. He still has access to top uh, top secret information. He still sits on that House Intel Committee. You can go f yourselves, Democrats, because you stand for nothing. If you can't stand for national intelligence, and they want to limit Donald Trump's uh, presidential briefs like every other president receives, and they say, oh, because he's a threat to national security. Well, if he's a threat to national security, then Eric Swalwell has to be a threat because Donald Trump isn't sleeping with Chinese spies. Eric Swalwell is sleeping with Chinese spies. So let's play a game of who's a bigger threat to national security, shall we? From Politico, a particularly disturbing report on Sunday revealed that Iran's paramilitary forces threatened to launch waterborne USS Cole-style attacks on Fort McNair along the southwest D.C. waterfront. So good thing we stopped building a border wall. Good thing we've caught four terrorists, identified terrorists, at the southern border of the United States with this influx of immigration, with this influx of illegal immigration. And now they're disclosing, now the United States is disclosing that Iran is threatening the United States in Washington, D.C. with bombing boats. It's bananas, guys. It's bananas what's going on. This, like, we're just going to be blind to what's happening in front of us because it doesn't necessarily fit the narrative is disgusting. From Jack Murphy, China and the U.S. have something in common. Childless men with no families. Young male virginity 
on the rise. Share of the share of men under age 30 who report zero female sex partners since they turned 18. So from 1989 was 7%. I feel sorry for those poor bastards. And 2018 is at a oh, Jesus 27%. One in three men under 30 have zero female sex partners. Well, I, well, I, I'd assume they don't count gay people in this, but this is, I I don't know how you don't take your, I, I guys, come on. If, if you need help picking up the ladies, there's like websites and there's books and you just got to work on your confidence and talk to people. That's all you got to do. Put down the video games, right? Get off the interwebs, go to a bar, order a whiskey and water or a whiskey and soda. That's what I order and have a conversation with people. It's not that hard. You just got to talk. I just start off with, Hey, I'm Anthony. How are you doing? It's, it's really as simple as that. Maybe I should write a million dollar book. Maybe it's just, Hey, my name is, my name is Wally. You know what I mean? Just, it's, it's just crazy. 27%, one in three, nearly one in three men under the age of 30, zero female sex partners in the age of Tinder. This is bananas. Oh my God, guys, this is bananas. Unacceptable, men. Unacceptable. From Elijah Schaefer, Instagram is deleting the video of Biden falling for incitement of violence. Real Ashley St. Clair, your story goes against our community guidelines. We removed your story because it goes against our community guidelines. We created these guidelines to support and protect our community on Instagram. The story was removed for, uh, for violence and incitement. That's the video of Joe Biden falling three times when his leg went limp noodle. And I don't believe that was the Donald Trump meme. I believe that was just the the video of Joe Biden falling down the stairs and people need to know what's going on because that's important. Your president is falling. Your president is weak and the rest of the world knows it. So why can't America know it? The rest of the world knows Joe Biden is a weak, stupid man who cannot remember anything. Yet CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS possibly said that bunch of acronyms. They all pretend like there's nothing to see here. That is wrong. People need to know what's going on. I'm not saying to black pill the American population, but they need to understand geopolitically where America is standing. We have a weak president. By being naive, by thinking Joe Biden is strong. I just the other day, I have a friend who's still in the military. He was blue pilled. He was blue pilled hard. When I met him, he was one of those Christian nut jobs who would hand out Bibles to everybody. If you're if you're one of those people, good on you. But he really pushed it. I was like, hey dude, like I'm not religious. You need to back off. And he would just keep pushing. And it's like, dude, like seriously, like this is getting old. Just back off. It's not my thing. Like I've had my falling out. I'm sure one day I might find my way back to it. But you shoving a pocket Bible down my throat isn't going to speed the process up. 
but he's been extremely blue-pilled. So he's been posting a lot of pro-Biden propaganda lately, a lot of, you know, oh, these people are anti-vaxxers and COVID things and all this stuff. But he posted something that really kind of raised my eyebrows. So when Putin or when Joe Biden called Vladimir Putin a killer and Putin essentially said, you know what? I feel like we have a misunderstanding, Joe Biden and I, and perhaps we should just have a televised live feed conversation, he and I, so we can, you know, just talk it out and go to a place of mutual understanding. But I would like for both of our nations to be able to see as well. So not just, you know, a private conversation, but a public conversation, things where people can go log into Twitter and watch the conversation live. And then Joe Biden didn't respond. His team responded, oh, Biden's much too busy for that. So my friend responded, savage. And it's like, dude, do you think that's savage? Or do you think Joe Biden would literally soil his pants because he would forget who he's talking to? He would forget which country he's in. He would forget who the big guy is. Or would would the threat of Vladimir Putin exposing Hunter Biden's unscrupulous business dealings in Russia be a threat to the big guy. So imagine that if Joe Biden had an open communication channel with Vladimir Putin, with all the world to see, and Vladimir Putin said, so how did your son like that $10 million check? Did you receive your 10% big guy? And then the same thing with the, I do horrible accents. I don't even know why I did that. But then if he had that same conversation with Xi Jinping, and they basically said, oh, your son still owns 10% of that company that we that we own. And right now that's valued at about $10 billion. What's your cut, Mr. President? It's like 10%, right? So you'll be receiving $1 billion when we decide to sell off your son's uh, share. But by the way, we will only allow your son to sell that share as long as you don't condemn what's going on with the Uyghurs, as long as you don't challenge us on the world stage, as long as you don't do X, Y, or Z, which would make Joe Biden look corrupt because he is. So that's why Joe Biden doesn't want to have these public conversations because it's going to expose his corruption. From Newsweek, Representative Ruben Gallego wants vets in Capitol Riot to lose benefits as military faces rise in extremism. I thought this guy was not a veteran. He is a veteran. He's a fat reservist Marine. Well, at least now he's fat. When he was a Marine, he wasn't. But this is BS on so many levels. Democratic Arizona Representative Ruben Gallego wants any former military members who participated in the January 6th Capitol riots to be stripped of their veterans' benefits. His request comes as the U.S. military has begun examining the rise of extremism within its ranks. In a Friday letter addressed to the nation's top military uh, secretaries, Gallego cited an NPR report stating that nearly 20% of 140 insurrectionist arrestees were either military veterans or retirees. So I would say this, a lot of veterans are fingerprinted because they have security clearances. A lot of them are in databases because they have security clearances. So they're easier to find. So don't push that narrative. Many of the veterans and service members who attack their own government actively and enthusiastically enjoy special benefits given to them by their fellow citizens. Insurrectionists should not enjoy benefits they no longer deserve. Veterans are typically given taxpayer-funded benefits, including access to a disability compensation 
compensation, educational assistance, cheaper healthcare options, vocational opportunities, and state programs that reward their service, Gallego noted. Gallego sent similar letters to the Department of Veterans Affairs, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, and Attorney General. Uh, the military newspaper Stars and Stripes reported. So this is BS because why would you do this? Why? Unless they were actively involved in the violence, because one of the people who were arrested, he was on camera literally picking up trash, trying to clear people out of the Capitol so the police can secure the Capitol. Yet they're trying to strip him of his benefits. So having done a stupid thing doesn't negate the 20 years of service that you've done. You, so if you've earned a retirement check, if you've earned your disability pension, right? If you've lost a leg in combat or you're, you're earning 80% disability through the VA for your time in combat, your time in combat, that capital protest has shouldn't negate that. Those are two separate things. Unless you go to jail for that, then it's two separate things. First of all, second of all, it's being pushed by a veteran, which is disturbing. Third of all, we have evidence of agent provocateurs, right? You have CNN hired somebody to break into the Capitol or excuse me, let me adjust my words. They hired somebody who had broken into the Capitol, threatened people with a knife, threatened to burn down the Capitol, and threatened to do damage to the Capitol. He was a Democrat. He was an outside agitator. Like I said, groups of people tend to be stupid. They tend to follow a charismatic person. If they're, especially when the Capitol Police are just opening the doors to the Capitol, it's going to be real hard to basically charge a lot of these people with anything beyond trespassing because when the doors are opened and I would like to see these trespassing charges stick because again, if I'm walking through the door and a police officer is holding it for me and they say, I don't agree with what you're protesting, but I agree with your right to protest. And they don't say you need to get out of here. You're not allowed to be, they don't say that. And those videos of the people going in through the back, you have the violent people in the front, but you have the peaceful people in the back just walking in, staying within the ropes. I would argue entrapment, and then I would countersue the federal government for basically entrapping all those people. Basically, you opened the door, you allowed me inside, and now you're trying to – you're kicking in my door. You're pointing guns at my children. This happened. And for what? For walking through a door that you held open for me? No, you can go screw yourself. It's the antithesis of democracy. And now they're threatening veterans because veterans are one of the biggest threats to a totalitarian government, especially the United States, because now you have a war that has gone on for 20 years. 20 years, Americans have been in combat. So you have 20 years worth of veterans. You have 20 years worth of combat veterans. You have 20 years worth of support veterans that still know how to shoot a rifle, still know how to kick down doors, still know first aid, still know how to move under fire. So if a totalitarian government were to decide to have a fascistic takeover, they would have to deal with we the people, and that frightens the government. That frightens reservists. Like Mr. Gallego, 
weak people who couldn't handle it and instead gets fat and runs into the government. From the Hill, Taliban warn of reaction or Taliban warns of reaction if U.S. doesn't withdraw by May deadline. I covered this a couple weeks ago where Joe Biden is basically considering pulling out of the agreement of the U.S. pulling out of Afghanistan by May, the agreement um, the agreement made between the Trump administration and the Taliban. And the Taliban is going to attack American forces if they're there beyond May 1st. And if they're there beyond May 1st and they get attacked, guess what Joe Biden's going to have to do? He's going to have to double, tri- triple, quadruple our troop presence. And it's just going to basically just reignite that war. It's going to be real good for Raytheon stocks. I'm so glad that Mr. Austin, that Mr. Lloyd Austin is our secretary of defense and that Raytheon is producing the missiles to kill those brown kids. The Taliban warned the United States on Friday that there will be a reaction from the insurgent group should Washington not follow through on a May 1 deadline for the withdrawal of its troops from Afghanistan. The warning, which the Taliban issued at a press conference in Moscow, came a day after their negotiators met for Russian-led peace talks with senior Afghan government officials. They should go, Taliban negotiation team member Sohul Shaheen told reporters, adding that if U.S. troops stay past May 1st, It will be a kind of violation of the agreement. That violation would not be from our side. Their violation will have a reaction. We hope that this will not happen, that they withdraw, and we focus on the settlement, peaceful settlement of the Afghan issue. The U.S. has been at war in Afghanistan since the 9-11 terrorist attack launched by al-Qaeda leader Osama bin Laden while he was based in the country. The subsequent American invasion overthrew the Taliban in Kabul, and U.S. forces have remained there ever since. Washington officially has about 2,500 troops remaining in the country, a number former President Trump drew down from his drew down to in his final weeks in office. And that's a lie. They have an extra thousand troops that are off the books. They're attached to the CIA, the State Department, uh, all these other fringe little groups, and then they have these about a thousand special forces uh, attached to them. So there's probably about 3,500 troops in country. Under an agreement with the Taliban, the Trump administration hastily made last year, all U.S. troops are to leave by May 1st should the Taliban uphold certain commitments, such as re-entering peace talks with the Afghan government and committing to ensure that the country is not used by terrorist groups to plan or carry out attacks on the U.S. or its allies. So you already have Iraq threatening U.S., interest on U.S. soil, and now you're trying to screw over the Taliban? Dude, what do you think is going to happen? This is bananas. This sort of short-sightedness by the Biden administration, you can see the short-sightedness of his immigration policy happening at the southern border as we speak. I did a video of this earlier today. And they're going to be short-sighted again with this Taliban policy, and it's going to lead to more deaths of Americans, American troops in theater, and possibly Americans in the United States if they decide to basically perform terror acts of terror in the United States. Iran is flexing, threatening USS Cole-style attacks in Washington, D.C. What do you think the Taliban is capable of within the borders of the United States? I don't know, but it won't end up well. That's for sure. So that's going to be it for today, folks. Unless the world catches on fire, I'll see you all tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye.